five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
אשר פשטו על הנמלים, ועיניהם כבדות ממלח וגלים, אני מרתיח לך, ילדה שלי קטנה, שזאת תהיה הטייסים אשר פרצו אל קרב זועם ונצרפו באש טילים ואש נ"מ בשם הצנחנים שבין עופרת ועשן ראו אותך כמו מלאך מעל ראשם אני מרתיח לך ילדה שלי קטנה אשר ברסק הפגזים היו עמוד האש לאורך החזית בשם חובשים רופאים שבנפשם ומעודם החזירו רוח וחיים השיבו דם אני מרתיח לך ילדה שלי קטנה שרים אשר קולם קרא לילות בשם, בשם כל הגייסות והחילות בשם כל האבות אשר הלכו לקרב נורא ושרוצים לשוב אלייך חזרה אני מרתיח לך ילדה שלי קטנה
JM in the AM. Wednesday morning, February the 7th. And knowing that four months ago today on the secular calendar, on October 7th, was the darkest day in a very, very long time for the Jewish people. I felt I had to play that song and had to acknowledge the fact that all of us, after four months, cannot, cannot, God forbid, lose any of the momentum of the great Jewish unity, great Jewish generosity, and great Jewish faith and trust in the one above. We have to um, maintain the great high level that we've been experiencing since October the 7th in all of those areas. And I just felt I had to um, play that song, The Last War, Milchama Achrona, from Yaram Gon. And I felt that I had to um, spend at least a minute, at least... Reminding everyone that today is February the 7th. And those of our brothers and sisters who are being held by the enemy have been in that insane situation that none of us would want to be in for five minutes. We wouldn't sign up to be in that type of situation for five minutes. And they've been in it for four months. Lot to talk about, lot to consider on this Wednesday here at JM in the AM. Yaram Gaon, before that, Shmulik Sukkot with Hitorari. Shira Nitzachon, done by Shuki Solomon and Penny Einhorn. Akiva had Lahachazik Chazak, and of course, Regesh Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. So, um, earlier this week, I met um, a very prominent rabbi in our community. Um, meaning not not where I live, but in general, a prominent rabbi in the general community and uh, someone who's involved in uh, many of the uh, yeshiva institutions that we're very familiar with. Um, and uh, they were lamenting with me about the situation for the last four months. And I was uh, telling him about the situation that I found in Israel on my most recent trip, the stress and anxiety that is uh, rightfully being caused by the hostage situation, especially as the media in Israel focuses on the hostages constantly round the clock, not a criticism, just an observation. And uh, he mentioned to me that in his yeshiva, they're davening on a regular basis and making sure to... um, keep the situation at the forefront. But he felt that uh, things were getting too normal again and wanted a suggestion of what he could do to make things, uh, you know, as desperately, as, as with the same feeling of desperation that the Jewish people had four months ago. Let's put it that way. So I made a suggestion. I said, you know, um, if at some point every Shabbos you mention to the boys in the yeshiva what number Shabbat this is for the 
brothers and sisters of ours that are being held captive by the enemy. For example, this past Shabbat was the 17th Shabbat, right? A month more than a quarter of a year. Makes sense. We're now at four months, right? February the 7th. This coming Shabbat, if God forbid they're not released, and it's possible they might be. We're hearing about deals, and we know what the one above can do. Um, this coming Shabbat, if they're not released, it'll be uh, the 18th Shabbat that our brothers and sisters are in captivity. So I said, I think it would make a difference if at a prominent place during the Shabbat experience, before Kabbalah Shabbos, right after Mariv, um, before laning, as you sit down to Shalashudis, if you use that opportunity to remind the boys that, you know, what number it is in terms of Shabbatot that the enemy has held our brothers and sisters, I think that could be very effective. Literally, what does it take? 10 seconds to mention it? 15 seconds? You know, we're sitting down to Shalashudis. We're about to enjoy another you know, inspiring Shabbos meal together. Let's remember that our brothers and sisters are spending their 18th Shabbos under the hand of the enemy. And he was not comfortable with that. He felt it was something he wouldn't be able to implement, and that, that made me so sad, you can imagine. I guess it looked too, too much of a modern practice. But I think it's a good suggestion as we hit this milestone of four months today, and I hope that everybody will remind people around them that today is February the 7th, and on the secular calendar, it's a four months since the uh, brutal barbaric attack. I'm hoping that um, in addition to that, rabbis, synagogue presidents, lay leaders, organizational heads, I hope that everybody will implement this idea and convey, whether it's every Shabbos or in synagogue newsletters, uh, emails that are sent out by um, yeshivas, organizations, groups, and synagogues, mention the number of Shabbatot that the, uh, that the hostages have been in captivity. Again, I hope this practice can end now. And we keep reading about these deals, et cetera, that could happen. That would be wonderful. At, le- at least the part that they're getting out would be incredible. Um, what, what, what we're going to get ex- in exchange, I don't, or we're, what we're going to give in exchange, I don't know. But I think it's a good idea. I think everybody listening to su- should suggest to the rabbis, you get up for the sermon, you get up before laning, you start the shalashudas meal with the congregation, whatever it is. At whatever point you decide is the best point to do it, make sure to announce that our brothers and sisters are being held by the enemy for X number of days, X number of Shabbatot. And again, let's hope that uh, that all this is unnecessary. But when someone complains to me that people are getting, you know, too much back to normal, you know, take a suggestion about how not to get back to normal seriously and try to implement it in whatever way you can. The IDF believes that uh, nearly a quarter of all the hostages being held by Hamas in Gaza at this point are dead, which was obviously very sad and disturbing to hear, but to a degree I think that maybe 
the government of Israel is trying to manage expectations. And uh, as much as we would love to see everybody released and and all of them, of course, be alive and well, I think that they are giving us fair warning that uh, that, that possibility, that expectation is just not realistic. So they um, went ahead and um, revealed that information yesterday. And again, hard to swallow, but nearly a quarter of all the hostages being held by Hamas are in fact dead at this point, according to the uh, IDF. By the way, on Friday, we discussed the Saudi Arabia deal, that Saudi Arabia still had a... um, a desire for peace with Israel. Now apparently Saudi Arabia has said that there'll be no deal with Israel without two states along the 1967 border. So I guess they've, res- they've reverted back to, to their, uh, to their um, proposal of yesteryear in terms of how to have a, pe- a peace agreement with Israel. Very realistic, uh, Saudis. Very realistic. Hamas has proposed a ceasefire plan that would quiet the guns in Gaza for four and a half months, leading to an end to the war. Um, In response to a proposal sent last week by Qatar and Egypt and backed by the U.S. and Israel, according to the draft seen by Reuters, the Hamas counterproposal envisions three phases lasting 45 days each. The proposal would see terrorists exchange remaining Israeli hostages for Palestinian prisoners, the reconstruction of Gaza would begin. Israeli forces with, with, would withdraw completely and bodies and remains would be exchanged. U.S. Secretary Blinken arrived overnight in Israel after meeting the leaders of Qatar and Egypt in the most serious diplomatic push of the war so far, aimed at reaching an extended truce. Um, according to the Hamas counterproposal, all Israeli women hostages, males under 19, the elderly and sick, would be released during the first 45-day phase in exchange for the release of Palestinian women and children from Israeli jails. The remaining male hostages would be released during the second phase and remain exchanged and, and remain exchanged in the third phase. I'm not sure what that means. By the end of the third phase, Hamas would expect the sides to have reached an agreement on an end to the war. Well, one thing that's obvious, uh, only uh, a only an unreasonable show of strength, and by unreasonable I mean a uh, powerful, only a powerful show of strength can get the enemy to the table to even consider any of these exchanges and deals. And um, one of the things that you have to realize is uh, the damage that Israel has done in places like Kanyunis and other areas of north and south Gaza. Uh, and it's only that strength that brought about this possibility of the enemy um, agreeing to anything. Let's remember that. Hopefully there won't be a next time, but let's remember that. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Siegel Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. One listener wants to hear uh, Shari Shemayim by Naftali Kempa or Mordechai Ben David's Mehera. We'll see if we can get either of those on the air. Listener Tikva is uh, checking in from Israel. She thanks us for Milchama Achronan. Says four months, unbelievable. Yeah. Terry says hard to listen to Ani Maftiach Powerful and timely even after all these years. Sadly. 
Very true. And this listener writes, I'm saddened by your recent comment that a local rabbi can't mention the number of Shabbatot that our hostages are in captivity. Believe you me, I was horrified by the whole episode. And it's somebody I know for a very long time. I think the reaction was the way it was because they felt it was too modern a practice. But anyway, I want to share this important article that just came out, Times of Israel, a soldier's perspective, what we really need from diaspora jury. Well, thank you very much, listener Danzi, and I will check that check that article out. Sounds interesting and intriguing. And again, anybody who wants to comment on the app, feel free to do so. The NSN app for Android and iPhone. JM and the AM on a... Um, Wednesday morning, we're in our New Jersey studio. We've got more coming up, and I thank all of you for tuning in and making this uh, an amazing radio experience every single day. Even if I am not at 100%, you can probably still hear that I am just being um, controlled at the moment by this uncontrollable cough. And I hope it is only a cold. I mean, we're, we're, we've eliminated a lot. We eliminated the flu. We eliminated COVID. We eliminated pneumonia. We eliminated a lot. Thank you, Dr. Mark. So hopefully it's just something that's lingering that's going to take a, a few more days to get rid of. Kosher Halftime Show, fittingly, is going to be a, an exclusive conversation with Avram Freed and footage of him with the soldiers over the last four months. Uh, felt that the Kosher Halftime Show has to be a serious one and has to um, exhibit or at least give a, a good example of people from the diaspora heading over to Israel to be of assistance. And after all, we're a music entity. Uh, for a great, a great part of us is a music entity. So we figured, hey, Avramo, Avram Fried would be an amazing ambassador for this message. So sure enough, Avram Fried joins me on Sunday for the Kosher Halftime Show, presented by the Rothenberg Law Firm at InjuryLawyer.com. And we have some great commercials, and it's going to be a really nice show, and very, as we said, very appropriate for these times, which I think is the most important thing, and it just adds to the message of having a quote-unquote kosher halftime show. So that'll be available on our social media platforms and our website, of course, Sunday with a few minutes left to the first half of the game. And, um, yeah, any references we had in there to, to hostages, hopefully those will be obsolete. Hopefully those will be obsolete. Hopefully by uh, Sunday, all the hostages will be home, please God. That would be amazing. Um, so that's a story. That's a story with uh, the Kosher Halftime Show. Our fundraiser, as we said, will continue for another week. We'll, we're going to get to this finale at some point, believe you me. We're going to get to this finale of the 40th anniversary campaign. I uh, just got to get uh, back on track. And um, a big thank you to those who've been donating. A lot of people donating over the last couple of weeks and greatly appreciate it at fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. And um, what else did I want to tell everybody? Is that it for now? That might be it for now. More coming up. Classic from Shmakolenu. You're listening to JM in the AM.
Shema Kolei Numi Mama Kim, and before that, Laman Achai Verei here at JM in the AM. Hour number one, it is a Wednesday morning edition of this great radio broadcast. Full Wednesday schedule coming up, including Yossi's Wag and the Wednesday live lunch starting at um, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Kosher Halftime Show this Sunday brought to you by the Rothenberg Law Firm, InjuryLawyer.com. We thank the Rothenberg family. Seth Levitt joins us tomorrow. We'll find out 
what you need on your table from A&H in order to entertain family and friends properly this coming Sunday. Don't forget our friends from uh, Art Scroll have a new... Oh, I see what I did. That was that was silly. Um, our friends from Art Scroll have a new promo code. So when you're heading to artscroll.com and you're getting the brand new Rabbi Nachman Seltzer book, which is entitled Angels in Orange, or if you want to take advantage of the incredible 30% off Talmud and Mishnah sale, uh, which is now through the end of February. It's a once-a-year Art Scroll sale that's insane with huge savings, free shipping, free gifts, etc., etc. Always make sure to use promo code RADIO24. That's the new rule at artscroll.com. Make sure to use promo code RADIO24. Again, make sure to use promo code RADIO24. All right, if you do that... We should be fine. Uh, <laughs> promo code radio24 at artscroll.com. That is the rule, and that's what you have to keep in mind. More coming up. This is brand new from Ellie Seidenfeld. You're listening to JM in the AM.
Elokai <laughs> Thank 
to think a news report was mostly right but sometimes wrong now it seems that all has gone awry a buzzing phone another alert countless updates more information it's hard to know what's real or what's reliable to go to find the truth who can tell us how things are without a biased view everyone just open up our kids are safe perhaps they don't know 
Bechastei Hashem, we're let back in. Camp has started, but things are so different. How long can we succeed with this new plan? Weren't these the issues of the past? Haven't we arrived at shores, a safe haven at last? J.M. in the A.M. with Chaim Moshe Rechnitz, Moshe Emes. Hello, Kai, done by Ellie Levin. Ellie Seidenfeld, brand new with Bussy here at J.M. in the A.M. Seventh day of February, exactly four months since the brutal, barbaric attack on our people. Let's not let anybody forget that it happened four months ago and that we need to keep the pressure on in every which way. Because as you see... The enemy only considers deals, possibilities, treaties when the IDF and the Jewish people show their strength. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners' sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSiegel.com on the NachumSiegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Yeshiva League Sports update and more coming up in hour number two. Galay Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast is next. Boker Tov from JMDM. Galay Tzal, Amir Yerushalayim, Asha'a 2, Shalom Rav, Baulpan, Rani Avnai, Ima Shekore Achshav. נשיא צרפת ימנואל מקרון השתתף בצהריים בטקס בפריז לציון ארבעה חודשים לשבעה באוקטובר. בהצהרתו שהועברה בשידור חי גם בכיכר החטופים בתל אביב, אמר מקרון, זו המתקפה האנטישמית הגדולה ביותר במאה הזו. Par surprise, l'attaque massive et odieuse, le plus grand massacre antisémite. לא ניתן לתאר את ההלם מול פרעות חמאס, זו המתקפה האנטישמית הגדולה ביותר במאה הזו. אנחנו נלחמים בכל יום עבור שחרור החטופים. מדבריו של מקרון הביא כתבנו אילי זילברברג. בתוך כך ראש הממשלה נתניהו נפגש בשעה זו עם שר החוץ האמריקני בלינקן, שהגיע לפנות בוקר לישראל. בביקור בן יומיים צפוי בלינקן לקדם שתי מטרות מרכזיות, הגדלת הסיוע ההומניטרי לתוך רצועת עזה באישור ישראל וקידום מתווה לשחרור חטופים. הבוקר דווח ברויטרס כי חמאס דורש עסקה בשלושה שלבים, ביניהם נסיגת צה"ל מעזה ומשא ומתן על סיום המלחמה. לאחר ההפגנות הסוערות, המשטרה משכה את הבקשה לנתיחת גופתו של הנער החרדי בן 13. מדווחת כתבתנו בבירה נועה ברנס. רגע לפני הדיון בבית המשפט העליון, המשטרה ויתרה על נתיחה לגופת הנער הבן ה-13 מבית שמש. אתמול דרשו זאת בבית משפט השלום, גיבו את הבקשה בהמלצת הפרקליטות ובהמלצת המכון לרפואה משפטית, ועכשיו בעליון מוותרים על אף שנמצאו חבלות על גופו ושיניים שבורות. במשטרה מסבירים כי לפני זמן קצר קיבלו דיווח מהפרקליטות על ממצאים חדשים המעידים שסיבת מות הנער כתוצאה מזיהום. לכן משכה הפרקליטות את הבקשה לנתיחה ובעקבותיה המשטרה. גבר בן 30 פונה במצב קשה מרכב שהתפוצץ בפתח תקווה. כוחות גדולים של מד"א וחיבוי אש הוזעקו לזירת הפיצוץ. נסיבות האירוע נחקרות. ידיעה שמסרה כתבתנו הדס שטייף. 
מורה בבית ספר במעלה אדומים נעצר בחשד שצילם קטינים ובגירים בשירותים בקניון בעיר. מדווח כתבנו ביהודה ושומרון, הוד בראל. אברהם אבנאים, בן ה-52, שעבד בעבר כסגן מנהל בבית ספר בעיר וכיום עובד כמורה במערכת החינוך, נהג על פי החשד לצלם במכשיר הסולולרי שלו סרטונים של בגירים וקטינים במצבים אינטימיים בשירותים ציבוריים בקניון בעיר. בית המשפט השלום בירושלים החליט להאריך את מעצרו בשלושה ימים ואף להתיר את שמו לפרסום על מנת להגיע לקורבנות נוספים. כ-24 אלף פניות לקווי הסיוע הנפשי של עמותת נטל מפרוץ המלחמה. עם הפרטים כתבתנו לענייני רווחה, שירה שפי. מספר הפניות בארבעת החודשים האחרונים הוא תקדימי בעמותה וכמעט זהה למספר הפניות שהתקבלו בשנת 2022 כולה. ביחידה הקלינית יותר מ-300 אנשי מילואים מקבלים טיפול נפשי פרטני ובשבועות האחרונים נרשמת עלייה גם במספר הנעזרים בליווי תעסוקתי בעקבות השחרורים הנרחבים משירות מילואים ברצועה. מזג האוויר קצת יותר חם. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד.
JM in the AM. The yeshivish medley, as he calls it. That's Simcha Liner brand new here at JM in the AM. Um, 7 o'clock hour, JM in the AM. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nachum Segal Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. My thanks to those who are still giving to our 40th anniversary campaign. We have extended the deadline because of the whatever it is that I can't get over and all the different things that are going on. Uh, so that'll be a week from Friday, please, God. Go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and thank you for your generosity. Much appreciated. Well, yesterday we did, we did not present the Yeshiva League Sports Update because Elliot Weiselberg advised us to have the Yeshiva League Sports Update today since so many regular season finales took place yesterday, took place last night. So not only with the Yeshiva League Sports Update, but with an up-to-date, up-to-the-minute Yeshiva League Sports Update. It's a pleasure to welcome Elliot Weiselberg to JM. Oh, one second. Can't do that. Can't have the uh, music rolling while we introduce Elliot. Uh, Yeshiva League Sports Update. Here he is, Elliot Weiselberg at JM in the AM. Thanks, Nachum. They say that good things come to those who wait, and here on the JM in the AM Sports Update, we bring you all of the good and the great that is the Yeshiva League playoffs. Straight ahead, the winter sports regular season is over, and the playoffs lie directly ahead of us. We'll run down the last week and get you ready for the next four. All that and more. Good morning. I'm Elliot Weiselberg. Varsity hockey certainly had its intrigue as half of the seeds were not determined until Monday night. In the East, DRS finishes with the top spot after avenging their only loss on the season to Hafter and will be joined by Hank as the two-seed, Hafter at the three, Megan David at the four, and Rambam in fifth. Megan David takes the four seed despite taking two losses this week as their loss to Flatbush came in overtime 9-8. Joe Catton netted his 32nd goal of the season for the Falcons to give them the win, but by going to overtime, Mag and David got the point that they needed to advance. In the West, TABC wrapped up the one, but not without a fight from Kushner, who the Storm defeated 3-2. The Kushner loss and Frisch win over SAR on Monday night gave Frisch the two seed, Kushner the three, and also dropped SAR to the five behind MTA. So the playoff brackets will look like this. East number one DRS will play the winner of tomorrow night's contest between West number four MTA and East number five Rambam. West number two Frisch will face East number three Hafter. East number two Hank will take on West number three Kushner, and West number one TABC will await the winner of tonight's battle between East number four Mag and David and West number five SAR. In JV, SAR keeps the undefeated season, but not the perfect season, as they tie Frisch 2-2. SAR will take the one seed, DRS the two, despite taking a 1-0 loss at home to the Hafter Hawks, who will be the three seed. The fourth seed will go to YDE after a crazy week where they topped Frisch 3-1 and then went into TABC and earned an 8-7 overtime victory to claim the higher seed over the Cougars. This means that we will see two repeats from this past week, as Frisch will travel back to YDE for the play-in game for the right to face SAR in the semifinals, and Hafter will go back to DRS in the other semifinal. Fun fact, if Frisch defeats YDE, their matchup against SAR will make all three playoff games repeat from the last week. 
In varsity basketball, Mag and David wraps up the East with a win over North Shore and will join Flatbush with a bye at two. Hafter takes the three while North Shore sweeps a home-and-home with DRS to finish tied at 7-7 seven and seven and take the four seed while the Wildcats take the five. And you won't believe who they will play next. And Waterbury takes a win over Rambam to earn the six seed. Out West, DABC sweeps Ramaz to take the one seed and drop the Rams to a 10-4 record tied with Frisch, but Ramaz earns the two and the bye. Frisch will have the three, Heschel the four, Orius Rowell earns a playoff berth at five, and SAR wraps up the West at number six. The playoff lineup will see East number three Hafter host Waterbury, while DRS will travel to North Shore for their third straight meetup with the winners to head to either TABC or Ramaz. The West number three Frisch will square off with SAR, and Heschel will meet Orius Rowell with the winners to head to Brooklyn for either Mag and David or Flatbush. Finally, in JV basketball, several ties pockmark the board. In the East, DRS runs undefeated at the top, while North Shore, Flatbush, and Hafter all finished at 7-3. The Lions were awarded the bye, while the Falcons and Hawks will welcome teams to their nests as the 3-4. Megan David earns the 5 by virtue of a win last night over YDE, who takes number 6. Out West, Frisch and SAR earn the 1-2, both tied at 9-1. Hillall finishes right behind them at 8-2 for the third seed. TABC and Ramaz, both at 5-5, five five, finish at 4th and 5th, and JEC defeats Heschel to lock up the last seed in the West. So the playoff matchups will see East number 3 Flatbush host number 6 YDE, and East number 4 Hafter taking on number 5 Mag and David, with the winners to go to Frisch or SAR, and out West number 3 Hillel will host JEC, while Ramaz will travel to TABC, with the winners going to either DRS or North Shore. And that was your jam in the AM Sports Update. I'm Elliot Weisselberg. i
J.M. in the A.M. with Avrami Roth. That is uh, entitled, uh, well, Tzvilala Tzahal. We call it Chayalim. Avrami Roth here on a 
Wednesday morning broadcast. Before that, Matt Dub with Anachnu at JM in the AM. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas Arav Zebin Vilsavalevi and Zechonishmas Esther Basra Vilsavalevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We read in Tehillim, Eshma Mayedaber Hokel Hashem. I can hear what Hashem will speak. Kiedaber Shalom Elamo, Vial Chasidov. He speaks peace to his nation and to the devout ones. Radak tells us, what does it mean, Vel Chasidov, and to the devout ones? Chaside Umos Oilom. These are the righteous among the nations. Das Yisrael B'Shuv HaGolos. That will return to Das Yisrael. The Rambam in Hilchus Tshuva, Perak Yimul Halacha Hei, states, and also, the righteous among the nations will have a portion in the world to come. The Medrash Yalkut Shmoni expounds on the Pasuk and Tehillim, Let your Kohanim be clothed in righteousness, and your devout ones will sing joyously. Kohanecho, are the tzaddike olam, the righteous among the nations, who are kohanim to Hashem, like Antoninus, the Roman emperor, and his associates. The Medrash and the Talmud tell of his great friendship and closeness to Rabbi Yehuda Nasi. A woman from the Hasidi Umus Olam, at great self-sacrifice, successfully hid a group of Jews for the duration of World War II. With the help of Hashem, she saved their lives. The group that she hid wanted to give her a special award. However, she died soon after the war. They came to Rav Ashri, Zecher Tzadik Livracha, who was an outstanding posek for many matters of the war. They asked him, is it possible that they would be allowed to say Kaddish for her? As is recorded, in the Sefer Shailos Uchuvos Mimamakim, Rav Ashri replied positively that they could say Kaddish for her. In our days, we have yet another member of the Chasidei Umos Ha'olom, Judge Julia Sabutinda from Uganda. She was the only judge who objected to all the measures brought by the 17-judge panel of the International Court of Justice in The Hague. All of these measures were brought against Israel in their most recent hearing. Her reward in standing with the Jewish people was swift in coming. Today, she was elevated to the position of Vice President of the International Court of Justice in The Hague. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you Morning Chizik. Have a nice day. Be 
J.M. and the A.M. brand new Yitzi Spinner. Uh, Who Yativ is the name of that one. Before that, the um, selection from Penny Ustreicher, Kacha Minatzchim. Yeah, this is how we win. I think the Israeli army has demonstrated how to win. I think one of the only reasons that you're seeing a potential or any type of potential for a hostage deal, which obviously is dominating the news out of Israel today is because of the strength of the IDF and what they've done in places like Khan Yunis and other areas of both northern and southern Gaza. Argentina's president has met with Prime Minister Netanyahu in Jerusalem. Um, seems to be another world leader that's quite a friend of the Jewish people, thank God. Hostage deal might be close. There is some optimism. It would likely lead to a three-stage ceasefire over a period of uh, 
of three, four months. That's what it looks like, at least. Today is the 7th of February. It's exactly four months on the secular calendar since the barbaric attack on our people of the 7th of October. Four months. Keep that in mind and mention it to a few people today, wherever you might be. None of us would be able to agree to five minutes of being held by the enemy. And there are brothers and sisters, hostages, that are being held now for four months by the enemy. I don't know how they're going through this, but um, continue to pray for them and hope that this deal or whatever circumstances that, that God wants to guide will lead to their release very, very soon. Kosher halftime show this Sunday, and it's basically a conversation about the war. Avram Fried is my guest. We um, we will talk about what it's like meeting up with Israeli soldiers and inspiring them and singing with them and being inspired by them. Kosher Halftime Show is brought to you by the Rothenberg Law Firm, InjuryLawyer.com. It will drop this Sunday before halftime on our website and, of course, throughout our social media platforms. It's an, it's an important year. It's not, it's not a year for entertainment. It's a year for uh, something meaningful. And Avramo is going to provide that for us this coming uh, Sunday night. A few minutes of reflecting on what our brothers and sisters are going through. Our friends at ArtScroll have a brand new promo code. Those of you out there who um, are heading to ArtScroll.com, we have a brand new rule for you. The brand new rule is use promo code RADIO24. Go to ArtScroll.com, order whatever you wish, including take advantage of their incredible Talmud and Mishnah sale, which is on right now, and of course the brand new book for Rabbi Seltzer, Angels in Orange. When you go to that site, use um, promo code RADIO24, RADIO24. That's the rule when you go to artscroll.com. Um, our community calendar online, by the way, has the LOL Night of Comedy, which is happening tomorrow night here in Teaneck, New Jersey. That's Thursday night, tomorrow night. Uh, the Mi'orot Redemption uh, presentation by NCSY Summer is happening in uh, North Bergen this coming weekend. It's up there as well for this coming Sunday. The Camp Expo that we spoke about with Sholi is on our community calendar as well. Those of you who are looking for um, all sorts of exhibitors having to do with summer camp, youth groups, schools, organizations, everybody should register for that event. Again, all the information is at the community calendar. Go to NahumSiegel.com slash community dash calendar. NahumSiegel.com slash community dash calendar. For all the info. Our fundraiser continues. Uh, 40th anniversary campaign. A lot of very generous people have been supporting us, and it's much appreciated. If you haven't had your chance yet. To be among the list of donors, go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Tomorrow, we'll check in with Seth Levitt, our friends at A&H. He'll make some recommendations, no doubt, about 
enjoying an amazing and delicious Super Bowl get-together with family and friends this coming Sunday. More coming up. Here's that piece from Rav Ramel at JM in the AM.
When we'll celebrate me coming home Achim biachal No matter where you are I'm telling you Atalolivad Cause I'm Yisrael Chai No matter all the miles Achim yad biyad Et aterech azot Lemeshek ol adorot Achim biachal Together as one. Oh, 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 no matter where you are, I'm telling you, I don't live on. Cause I'm flying high, no matter all the miles. Ukimia beyond it, and What a song, huh? Arye Kunstler, Shlomo Lippmann together, Achim Biyachad. What a message, what a song. Four months later on this February the 7th, remember the attack was on October the 7th, today February the 7th, remind 
those who you think might uh, want to know about today's quote-unquote anniversary or significant date, uh, let them know. Four months on the secular calendar, four months that our brothers and sisters are being held by the enemy, four months since that barbaric attack, four months. Achim biyachad, Aryeh Kunstler Shlomo Lippmann. Yitzhi Spit, oh, actually Avramel, Avram Fried before that. That's going to be an important video and song for Sunday because he released that video just a few days ago and it's going to be, I believe, the final piece of our Kosher Halftime Show this coming Sunday. That's right, Avram Fried is the subject. Words of inspiration about the war. Lessons he's learned over the last few months heading back to Israel every once in a while to, or I should say on a regular basis, not once in a while. Uh, to um, sing with the soldiers. Avramel, Avram Fried's our guest. Kosher Halftime Show Sunday night presented by the Rothenberg Law Firm, InjuryLawyer.com. More details tomorrow right here at JM in the AM. Uh, we've postponed the end of our fundraiser. It's now going to be a week from Friday. <laughs> As I'm trying to still recover from this, whatever it is that I have, I still don't know what I've had over the last two, three weeks. Dr. Mark uh, eliminated COVID, the flu, and pneumonia, thank God. Chest x-ray was totally clear, so thank God that's now been eliminated as well. Uh, it just seems to be one of these lingering coughs and, you know, winter-type situations I have not had in a very very long time. Even when I had the Omicron, even when I had that COVID attack, this part of it did not last long at all. There were parts that lasted long, but this part did not last long at all. So I don't know. Anyway, is what it is. We're working on it. And uh, thanks everybody out there for all the advice. There's a lot of people that have uh, a lot of very interesting remedies that they want me to implement. I'm not brave enough to implement all of them, but I am, I am uh, following some of these suggestions, at least to some degree. Uh, that are coming in. <laughs> another another tradition over the last 40 years, listeners have very interesting um, methods that they recommend when it comes to trying to get rid of anything from a cold to anything more serious than that. Hour number three coming up. Don't forget Yassi's Wag with a Wednesday live lunch is happening starting at 11 a.m. Eastern time today. Hour number three coming up at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at AlchemSegal.com and the AlchemSegal Network. And of course, any beloved NSN app. <laughs>
A gentleman named Naria Angel with Zahreni Na. Here on a Wednesday morning broadcast at JM in the AM. Well, our friends at Turo University are always providing interesting guests for us here at JM in the AM. And generally speaking, I have a pretty good idea uh, of the nature of the topic that we'll be discussing on the air whenever I introduce anybody from Turo University. In this case, I'm going to need a little help. <laughs> In this case, I am, uh, any time someone mentions AI, I have to, like, in my mind, go back to square one and figure out where this whole thing came from and where we're at today. Maybe this gentleman with us live via telephone will help me with this entire process. Our friends at Turo University have announced a new associate provost for AI. Dr. Shlomo Argamon is going to be integrating artificial intelligence into over 30 programs across 18 campuses of Turo University. In the last decade, artificial intelligence broke out of the realm of science fiction into real life, spurring endless headlines and debate among pundits politicians and scholars over its uses and its dangers in 2024 Tor university will take a lead in addressing and shaping ai's impact on higher education by appointing american israeli computer scientist dr shlomo engelson argamon as the nation's first associate provost for artificial intelligence. Dr. Shlomo Argamon, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. It's a pleasure to be here, Nachum. Thank you. Now, is this the real professor or is this a bot or some type of, uh, of object that is acting as if they are the real professor? Well, if I were a bot, would I tell you? <laughs> Obviously not. That's what scares me, by the way. <laughs> Someone was telling me yesterday about a Zoom meeting. I think it was somewhere in Asia, a Zoom meeting that was taking place, uh, and and the the supervisors, the, the you know those who run the company, were making demands of this one employee, which were completely unreasonable. But after all, you know it's your employer who's making these demands, and he went ahead and followed through on all these, and then it was discovered after this whole scam went through that that original meeting that he had he was the only actual human on the meeting and the others were all being impersonated impersonated rather by yeah. artificial intelligence as you as you come on you don't have to imagine it you live it you know about the dangers and you know about the uh, corruption so to speak that can be accompanied in the realm of uh, of ai anyway that's that's what comes to today's topic because before we get to what's happening at turo and what you're going to be doing in terms of integrating uh, all of these things into uh uh, into um, the programs and into the course study, etc. 
at uh, at Turo. Um, you have to explain to someone like me, and I would bet other people in this audience, what exactly AI is. Is it a computer program? Is it an app? Is it a uh, a way of life? Is it is it science fiction come to life? How would you explain what is artificial intelligence? Well, uh, I'll start by, by, by giving how, how we in the field of artificial intelligence, and, and I'll just start by saying, you know, I, I was in AI before AI was cool, um, before the last five to 10 years when it's really sort of taken off, um, is we used to call AI is the science of making computers behave like the ones in the movies. <laughs> so <laughs> what we've been doing... Artificial intelligence is a field that goes back to, to the 1940s and 50s where we're seeking to use computer technology to behave like people to some extent, to have intelligence, to be able to think, um, things like being able to play games like chess uh, as well as people. Now chess machines play much better than people. Um, and over the last five to ten years, we've seen some new techniques within AI that have really quite amazing capabilities to produce human language, to, to write and to even converse at a level similar to human beings, to produce incredible images, realistic, fantastical, and so forth, um, that seem very realistic. And you know, this, was, this is sort of a leap forward in the kind of technology. AI in general is a whole bunch of different technologies that can behave to one extent or another similar to human beings. So, so we have, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so in the example that I gave, basically somebody was able to produce a, a robot, an image, whatever it is, the word you want to use, that looked exactly, sounded exactly, and acted exactly as a real person who was known to this employee, uh, they were able to create that and, and duplicate that person. That, that's right. And that's, that, that's one of the great dangers of the current technologies is that it looks real, it sounds real, uh, it sounds like an actual you know, person out there that you know, um, and you have to be very careful with it. Yeah, that's an understatement. Um, so I asked earlier, and again, obviously as a layman, that's why it came out the way it did. Is it an app? Is it a computer program? Uh, is it a philosophy, a policy? What is AI? And it, it does sound like in order for someone to take that leap to have artificial intelligence write a, a term paper for them, to have artificial intelligence, I don't know, do their banking for them. It, it, it does sound like, you know, sort of like you would need some type of program, app, or apparatus in order to make that happen. Is that is that too simple of a way of putting it? Or generally speaking, if you have that conduit, then you're able to get to that final product you're looking for. That, that, that's exactly correct. Um, and there are a whole bunch and more every day of, programs of apps that use this technology under the hood to do all kinds of things. I mean, you can access some of them just simply over the web, uh, some of them even for free. Um, and there are you know huge numbers of companies springing up every single day right. that give you various kinds of AI tools to do all kinds of things that write your term papers for you and all kinds of things like that. Yeah. 
I mean, it's dangerous. Someone, someone can get a phone call, you know, from somebody whose voice they think they recognize, and they say something like, uh, you know, you have to come meet me here immediately. It's an emergency, a dangerous situation. And then that person who goes and drives over there ends up in a very dangerous situation. Like, I mean, I, I mean, the possibilities are endless, obviously. It's probably what you think about all day long. But that's a very – and I, I will get to the positive parts of this in a minute, but that's a very scary part of this. Oh, it really is, and there, there, there have been a number of cases already of people that have been scammed out of significant amounts of money and things uh, by phone calls that they think are from close family members in emergency situations. I, I seriously recommend that people, you know, certainly with their close family, if, if to have some sort of code words or some sort of shared secret knowledge that mm-hmm. you can confirm that it's actually the person you're talking to. It sounds like a, a spy novel, but this is real life now. Unbelievable. Dr. Shlomo Argamon is with us now with Turo University, Associate Provost for Artificial Intelligence, believe it or not. All right, so how does AI work into the educational offerings at any institution? Obviously, we're speaking about Turo, but what does it mean when someone says we're using AI to help students or to develop courses or to be part of those courses? What does that mean? Well, well, there are two parts to it. Okay, one is teaching students about AI, and the other is using AI to teach, to teach students more effectively. So in terms of teaching students about AI, on the one hand, what we will be doing and what can be done is to teach specific courses in the science of AI, the technology of AI, um, specializations in, say, computer science or software engineering of how do you build AI systems, because that's a huge and growing area uh, for technology development, um, but also to teach all students what we might call AI literacy, because it's important for every educated person um, to know about AI, to know about the risks that we've been talking about and how to deal with them, how to think critically about information that's coming in so that you can deal with those risks, but also how do you use these tools effectively in the professional environment? Because uh, just like it's impossible to get, you know, a decent job, a professional job without knowing how to use, say, Microsoft Word, you're, you're going to need to know how to use AI effectively, uh, if not today, certainly tomorrow because in all professions. E- because every industry is going to depend on AI to do part of their work or to help them, I don't know, cut down on human work hours or uh, d- develop uh, uh, presentations that, a u- that are even better than a presentation that a human being can present or, or c- could create? Absolutely, absolutely. It's, 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 it is already changing the nature of many jobs, and it will change the nature of pretty much every job across the board in one way or another. Does it make athletes better in any way? Um, well, um, it, you know, the, the, it, it actually goes back to Moneyball. Um, right. you know, it, it's already been making athletes better, you know, from, from years, years back in terms of looking at statistics. Yeah. And this just takes it up uh, on steroids, so uh, to speak. I'm just wondering if, uh, AI can make the playbook easier in football or I don't know, you know, d- develop t- some type of communication system. I don't mean electronic. I mean, spoken word communication system on the field that'll make it easier for the players to, you know, to process it. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, you know, tossing around some ideas here, but I, 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 you know, I wonder if these types of things could actually affect, I mean, it's a world of sports. We're talking about a world of conditioning, a world of, you know, physical abilities, you know, how much of an mm-hmm. influence can AI have on that? 
But as you just said, if you're going to go with the data-driven route, obviously Moneyball is one perfect example of that, where it could change the way people run their teams. Um, and I guess, right. I guess the way people strategize for games, right? I would guess. Like if, if the coaches yeah. al- if the coaches already know the first fifteen plays are going to be running this coming Sunday, AI could probably enhance that whole thing for them. No, uh, um, it's very very possible. I mean, it's it's possible. You know, AI as applied to games, you know, board games right. have discovered new strategies that the best humans never thought of before. I wouldn't be surprised if AI didn't find, you know, new plays in football that nobody's thought of before. Right. Uh, no human can beat the best chess computer. Is that a fact? No human can beat the best chess computer today. Wow. And that was not the case till when? Like 30 years ago, could a human beat the best chess computer? The, the, the first case of a, of a human grandmaster being beaten by, by a chess computer uh, in a real tournament was in 1997 when Gary Kasparov was beaten by Deep Blue. And this was a huge, huge thing. I, I still remember it. Unbelievable. All right. So we, you mentioned that AI study is important to the students, and now we understand why, because as you said, comparing it to Microsoft Word, basically everyone's going to need uh, to know some type of basic information because they're not going to be able to get into an industry, any industry it sounds like, uh, without having been skilled in it. Uh, what, about the, uh, what about the other way around? How does this enhance, can AI enhance the course and student experience at a university? Uh, it, it can, and it can do so in a, in a number of different ways. I mean, first of all, just like AI can enhance uh, professional productivity in, in any profession, it can also enhance and help uh, instructors and faculty to prepare course materials and so forth and to enhance them with um, custom-made images and videos and so forth that might be created. Uh, but even more so, you can, for example, you, you can do this even today to some extent. You can take a textbook feed it into an AI as training, and then produce an interactive version of the textbook that a student can converse with, almost like a virtual tutor. And with a little bit more work, you can make that tutor potentially personalized for the student so it, over time it understands what that student understands and doesn't understand. So it's not going to be as good as a trained expert human tutor, but it gives, that, it gives a student potentially a 24-7 personalized uh, teaching assistant right. to help them with the material. Pretty amazing, I'll tell you. When, when, um, if someone presents an article to you, a news article, mm-hmm. especially an opinion piece, someone presents an opinion piece to you, about, let, let's say the war in Israel as an example, can you tell if it was written by a human or by an AI apparatus? Today... Um, a tra- somebody who really knows and has experience with this can often tell the difference, not with perfect accuracy, but very soon it will not be possible to tell the difference uh, w- with any kind of reliability. So that could make the jur- issue. that could make the journalist. Uh, the commentator who spends four hours at his or her desk developing tomorrow's op-ed piece, it can make them obsolete because the AI computer could do it in 10 seconds, I guess. Well, at least at, at the current level of technology and without some very significant breakthroughs, it's not going to make them obsolete, but they are all going to need to use AI in some capacity uh, to do their jobs. 
because there is a level of human understanding and creativity that the AI systems do not and cannot reach currently. All right, so who's at most risk? Who's going to lose their job first because of AI? Which industries? I'm not going to speculate on that one. And my general belief is people are not going to lose their jobs. Their jobs are going to be transformed. They're going to have to learn to use AI. They're going to become more efficient and more effective. So an accountant who uses AI, or I should say differently, an accountant who this time of year is sitting and preparing many, many tax returns, the AI AI computer cannot replace them and spit out the same 1,000 tax returns. Right. But but instead of... 10 accountants, you might only need a few using the AI to do the same amount of work. Right. So it's more a manpower in the, in the, in, in the strictest sense of the word issue. If you're just, you may not need 10 people. You may need three people uh, in terms of actual human beings. You'll need, you'll need obviously the technology and whatever, you know, technical setup you need in order to get the job done, whether it doesn't have to be accounting. I'm talking about in any field. Uh, well, I wonder if sales will be affected by AI. I mean, the guy who tries to sell me Yankee season tickets, he's not going to be replaced by AI, will he? He's not going to be replaced by AI, but he might become a lot better at it because the AI will will help him figure out what makes you tick. Yeah, the truth is the AI might be able to identify potential customers who make quick decisions as opposed to those who take an entire season of hemming and hoing and wasting a lot of time on the phone. That's right, that's right. And he might figure out the right levers to, to push to get you to make the quick decision. Right. Very interesting. Dr. Shlomo Argaman is with us. He is the new associate provost for artificial intelligence at Turo University. None, none of your colleagues are worried, are they? Are they worried that professors might be one day replaced by these uh, AI uh, gadgets? Oh, some, some are. Some are. I mean, the professors in AI are less worried because we're the ones developing it. No, I know the professors at AI are likely safe, but I'm wondering if the biology professor has contacted you yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm concerned about, frankly. And also- yeah, not, not yet, but they will. But I, I will say one thing that's important on, on, on the subject of education yeah. is that really at the, you know, the fundamental uh, part of education and that, uh, you know, will not, certainly not in the, in, in the near to medium term be replaced by AI is the relationship between the teacher and the student. We often think of education as, as transfer of information, but it's a much deeper thing than that. And there's a relationship that's created between the teacher and the student in the best cases of education. And that is not something that could be replaced right. by an AI. Yeah. But once, once the, you know, once the president of a university or the head of any school finds out that, you know, in order to develop a syllabus, a professor does not need an entire summer anymore. Now they could do it, you know, in 10 minutes online. You know, th- th- there might be a different attitude as to what the workload for a professor is. Well, I mean, that's that's something that's been going on for a long time. If you talk to professors, um, you know, workloads have been, been increasing a lot over the last, uh, you know, 20 to 30 years even. Um, so that's, that's, that's a constant ongoing um, sort of negotiation, right. if you will. And you're, make, and you're making the point that many people make, the opposite of mine, that the more technology, the more work. Everyone thinks it's, it's you know, it's work-saving technology. It might be time-saving in a certain way, but for some reason, it seems people are busier than ever, even with all this assistance. 
That's right. I mean, what happens is, is, is you save time and you get more efficient, but then expectations change. Right. Are there better AI programs than others? In other words, let's say someone comes to you and says, uh, especially at the university, someone comes mm-hmm. to you and says, you know, I really would like to enhance my history course that I give. Um, is there an AI again? I don't know if it's an app or a program or, you know, because I assume there's some that are really you know, basic and rudimentary and there are others that are really in-depth and, and, and worth the money. I'm assuming, of course, more money because they're so much more professional and provide so much more information. Are you able to guide professors as to which programs they should be using in artificial intelligence? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it definitely makes a difference. I mean, the, the, the question is, you know, what specifically you're trying to do. And one of, one of the things is, is that the, the quality of a particular AI tool um, depends not just on the quality of the AI underneath, but also all of the things around it that make it useful for a particular task. Like, so you might have, you know, great technology, but it's like in a very bare bones shell that you, know, you have to be a real expert user to get something useful out of it. Um, or you might have a less sophisticated AI, but it has all the bells and whistles that make it really easy to get what you want. All right. So, you know, I mean, this is an obvious one that um, the, the newspaper industry, which, you know, has completely gone downhill. Um, those companies that made the adjustment to online journalism early had a major advantage over those who waited too long. And I, and I think, by the way, we could say that about our own schools. And by the way, that's one of the reasons why the Turo move with you is very impressive, because they're not waiting. They see what's happening down the road, and they're not waiting. Uh, they're understanding right. that, you know, that, this is, that this is a situation that must be addressed now, immediately. And I'm sure plenty of other universities are not doing it yet. However, I think we can apply the same standard to our own schools in the Jewish community. When you see an elementary school or a high school, that's implementing, you know, state-of-the-art technology, it's obvious that they are ahead of the game. And the parents feel that way, and the, and the students certainly are benefiting from it. Are there schools in our community that you might be familiar with, and I don't need names, I just want an assessment, uh, that in fact are ahead of the game on the AI front? I, I actually wouldn't be able to say. Um, as far as I know, um, you know, in terms of, you know, uh, elementary and high schools um, using AI, um, that's still very, very new overall. And I don't know of any, any such schools in the communities that are, that are, that are doing that now. Can it be used? Um, in, I think that, can it be used in a positive way at that age? Um, I, I think that potentially it could be, although I personally, uh, you know, I'm, 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 you know, I'm a professor of computer science for, for over 30 years. Um, but, very, very hesitant to talk about the use of technology, certainly in elementary school. I think it's often used too much uh, to the detriment uh, of education. Uh, But if it's used well, um, it could be a huge advantage. Wow. So we really have to be at the top of our game in every area of life. And if you're great at the state of the art technology, that's only one piece of it. There are other things, other areas to consider as well. Very important message, doctor. I like that a lot. All right, now let's get to the final, and for our community, such an important topic. I can only imagine how many times you've discussed this. Uh, AI in the world of Torah study. And I guess the, the example that always comes up, no matter what the age of the group that uh, is discussing it, has to be um, halachic decisions, uh, paskening shilas, being halachic decisors. 
Uh, already, I think you know that in our community, there's a lot of, oh, I Googled it and I saw you're allowed to do this on Shabbos, or I Googled it and this is us or is mutter, you know, that type of thing. And of course, we are not recommending that people go that route in general when it comes to uh, determining a halachic status. With AI, it looks like it's going to be even more attractive to go that route where you actually might have a program that, you know, that acts as if it's actually a halachic decisor. What could you tell us about AI and Torah study? Well, first of all, to talk about the question of, of AI acting as somebody's individual halachic decisor, on the one hand, as you say, quite rightly, it becomes a hundred times easier than just Googling something, but it also becomes a thousand times more dangerous. Um, you know, if we talk about, you know, somebody being common Chacham, if they find 49 ways to be Matara Sheretz, um, the AI can find 49,000 ways wow. to be Matara Sheretz and will convince you that it's correct. And um, so we have to be extremely careful in making sure that people know not to use AI in any way right now, certainly, um, to, you know, think through halacha unless you yourself are an expert. And this is generally the case with, with these days with, with AI is that it makes stuff up that looks good. And that's a fundamental limitation of the current technology. Oh, that, so, that could be completely false. You mean completely false, but look entirely convincing if you don't know what you're, what, what you're looking at. Wow, that is dangerous. And frankly, I worry about this because people have become so reliant on technology. And the more we tell people, you know, that that you should mm-hmm. not should not allow the you know the full technical experience into your Jewish life, not everybody's able to follow that. And right. Well, well I think that that's a, that's an important key point. What you just said, people can't follow it. So what we need to do is we need to find ways of educating people of how to work with it, not. Don't work with it, but right. work with it, but in the right way. Yeah. Are we going to have a a time when just like the Lahavdal, I guess I have to say, just like the chess expert can't beat the computer, are we going to have a time where where we might find some of the great post game really being challenged by the computer postig? I don't think we're going to find that because there's there's the human element there's the element of you know the uh from what i understand you know and i and i have the privilege to have known somewhat you know some some great post right. there's it psika is not a mechanical process at all right. and it involves fundamentally right. you know the neshama of the individual of the individual right. and circumstances and, do count as we know circumstances do count when and, it comes to Allah absolutely absolutely however what, what I can visualize is that just as today nobody would write a comprehensive halacha safer on any area of halacha without consulting the the Barilan uh, responsa data database right. Um, it may be that at some point, you know, anybody writing such a thing would consult the AI right. to make sure that they've covered all the bases. By the way, I mean, you know, take a serious issue like brain death, right, which is which has been a major yep. debate in the halacha community for decades. Obviously, since you know the the modern era of medicine became so uh, became you know uh, uh, so um, popular, I guess we should say. 
Um, mm-hmm. I don't think we're we're gonna we're gonna be in a time very soon where rabbis will consult with AI just to see how they define these terms and what they think scientifically, just like you would ask a doctor or an expert mm-hmm. in the lab, you know, what does AI think about what this, uh, you know, time of, um, uh, of brain death might or might not be. I'm giving an extreme example, but I'm just saying that, that just like, as you said, there are Shilas and Shuvas for centuries that are gone through in order to try to come up with an answer to a question. In this case, there will be consultation. You know, the consultation might be with a computer, but there'll be consultation to try to understand all the circumstances before rendering a decision. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty amazing, I'll tell you. Yeah. Uh, These are exciting times. Yeah, I'm glad you say it's exciting. I don't know. It, it, it's, it's frightening to a degree, but then again, any new invention, you know, always frightens people. It's been like that for, you know, since the beginning of time. That anything That's new, right. anything new is hard to get used to. My my uh, my late friend Mayor Weingarten used to say he's a Talmud Chacham six days a week, and I always <laughs> <laughs> I always think of that when you say you know people who have a computer think they're an expert on everything. Uh, thank thank God for Shabbos. It brings us down to earth that uh, we actually have to look things up and work things through, and not just depend on an instantaneous answer from some computer program. So Baruch Hashem. Yeah, right. such a bracha. Um, such a bracha. Well, again, no surprise. Turo has gone ahead and created the associate provost position for the area of artificial intelligence. Dr. Argaman is the uh, the person who is now in that uh, initial slot, and um, and the uh, and the AI initiative at Turo in general continues to uh, move forward, uh, both in helping the students in terms of how they're learning and enhancing the course offerings uh, at Turo's uh, many many campuses this is something that uh, will only get larger and larger and this field is going to be one that we're all going to be enveloped by for years and years to come to say the least and you say it's exciting times not scary times i'm going to rely on your uh, opinion on this excellent thanks so much for joining us this morning and good luck with and mazaltov on the new position Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Dr. Shlomo Argaman, he is um, the new associate provost for artificial intelligence at Turo University. Fascinating. And leave it to Turo to think of uh, formalizing this department or this position and having someone actually responsible for the direction that the course offerings are going to be taking with the assistance of AI and the direction that the students are going to be taking as they learn about and study this brand new, incredible computer technology. Pretty incredible. JM and the AM, it is a, uh, what is today? A Wednesday morning edition as we continue at JM and the AM. Remembering the glory of 
southern land, once so alive, distant and exiled from your home and your light. We believe you will take us back. We are your only child. Ah, mommy. Bashvaki, Muvar, Chayvai, 
باشی یا هوا نفشی بیکشتی ولای متاسی J.M. and the A.M. brand new Ellie Seidenfeld cover of Bussy. Ellie Levin with Ani Maman before that. J.M. and the A.M., good morning. If you don't receive our daily thread or our weekly newsletter, just write to Avrami, af at nachomsegel.com. Again, af at nachomsegel.com. He'll make sure to rectify the situation. Yes, he's Wag Wednesday Live Lunch happens at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 11 until 1 today, right here on NSN. Make sure to be tuned in. Yes, he's Wag Wednesday Live Lunch here at uh, the Nahum Siegel Network. Kosher Halftime Show presented by the Rothenberg Law Firm. It's going to be Sunday, of course, so it'll drop right before halftime. Looking forward to that. 
Avram Freed. Interview, inspiration, soldiers. Remember, it's four months. Today's February the 7th. It's four months. It's as hard as that is to believe. And we do talk about the hostages. Please, God, they be released before Sunday. Please, God, they be released now. As soon as possible. Halavai, halavai. Um... It's Avram Freed. We'll speak with him Sunday, Kosher Halftime Show. Thank you to Rothenberg Law Firm, InjuryLawyer.com. InjuryLawyer.com for sponsoring another great Kosher Halftime Show. Brand new, uh, um, brand new promo code. Thank you. Brand new promo code at Artscroll. Go to Artscroll.com. Always use promo code RADIO24. Oh, boy. Can't get this cough to stop. Radio 24 is the promo code. Radio 24, go to artscroll.com. That's the rule. Always use promo code radio24 at artscroll.com. JM in the AM with Schmully Schneider here at JM in the AM. Sometimes when you're feeling all alone You need some happiness to call your own Oh, nothing is going the way it should You're trying to do the best you could Lift up your eyes to the sky Your life's in His hands, trust in Him reply guiding all your steps always at your side you are his joy and pride and don't you know you're never alone it doesn't matter where you are
J.M. in the A.M. Daniel Alicia with the song entitled Yerushalayim here at J.M. in the A.M. Just reading over the new LL added flights. Beginning in April, they're adding two weekly flights from South Florida, from Fort Lauderdale, actually, to go along with their many Miami flights. In June, LL adds two weekly flights to L.A., uh, an additional weekly flight in the Boston Tel Aviv route is coming. The company previously, excuse me, previously added flights to New York and Newark, increasing capacity for the summer season. They're planning on operating over 50 direct weekly flights to Israel this summer. And, um, yeah, pretty amazing. I mean, they do acknowledge that they're the only ones flying. Makes sense that they're uh, trying to maximize this. And every time they announce, someone said to me the other night, someone from the travel industry said to me the other night that every time they add a flight, like let's say they'll add a flight for next week and it becomes known publicly, it's sold out almost immediately. It's pretty amazing. Uh, And now it does seem, and we got this feeling from David Cutler from NCSY Summer, and we've gotten this feeling from others regarding Pesach, it does seem that people are going to make an effort to continue traveling uh, both for Pesach and uh, and for the summer to Israel, which is, I'm telling you, it's amazing because we're used to a lot of people avoiding going to Israel during difficult times. And it seems like, I wouldn't say it's the opposite now, but it seems different now, to say the least. Um, JM Rewind is coming up, and my interview with Daniel Posner of Athletes for Israel when he was on the air with uh, Coach Elliot Steinmetz is going to be part of it. Also, Ellie Beer was with us last week. That interview is part of it. So it's all happening at 9 a.m. with JM Rewind. Z Report, Jesse's Wag with a Wednesday live lunch at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Charlie Bernhout, Hour of Jewish Soul tonight at 7. Tani Talks Radio, Tani Gutterman on an important topic. There's always an important topic. What's your Jewish hobby is tonight's topic. 8 o'clock tonight, Tani Gutterman on Tani Talks Radio. Again, that's 8 o'clock tonight here on the Nahum Siegel Network. Kosher Halftime Show presented by the the Rothenberg Law Firm, InjuryLawyer.com. That's happening on Sunday, of course. How do you get the Kosher Halftime Show? NahumSiegel.com. Our Facebook page, Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, other social media platforms. I guess NahumSiegel.com is the easiest. It'll be available on the homepage. And that's again brought to you by the Rothenberg Law Firm. Um, oh, sir, there were people commenting. On, for listener Judy Landy wants to wants me to play the song that the Hassan and Kala, uh, Devora and Mayer walked down to on Monday night. I don't remember. <laughs> Anybody out there who's at the wedding and remembers? I don't remember what song they walked down to. I remember it was a nice song, traditional song. In fact, I think 
when they were playing the instrumental, I think that was the song where Yoshua turned to me. He was trying to figure out which song it was. And um, I, I just don't remember. Um, listener Glenn says, thanks to your listeners who joined us in federal court yesterday for the sentencing of Jamil Hakimi, who sold an illegal gun and ammo to would-be shul attackers Maher and Brown. He was sentenced at 27 months in federal prison, 11 months more than the recommendation of the parole board. Uh, it's to be followed by three years of closely supervised probation. That's good news. And shkayach to anybody who went from this audience. Listen, Devorah says, we'd just like to say I passed the CPA exam on the first try, and A, I failed it on the first time, so choose your CPA carefully. <laughs> <coughs> I would say that's a very good recommendation. Choose everybody in every field carefully, especially when they're up against a, an AI candidate in their field. <laughs> More coming up. It's Joey Newcomb at JM in the AM. Ben Remoshe, Fin Keresti, Ripshire 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 Ben I Oi, 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 oi,
Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web and AlchemySingle.com and the AlchemySingle Network. And, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing uh, Wednesday here at JM and the AM. Yes, he's Wag. Wednesday live lunch coming up at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Plenty more, of course, as you would expect here on NSN. Tomorrow morning, we're back. We'll start at 6 a.m. Make sure to join us. Support our 40th anniversary campaign by going to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and we thank you. Have a fabulous Wednesday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.